0: Welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. In 1920, Ernest Gibson wrote a critical article for the Brattleboro Reformer concerning World War I. At the start of the war, Colonel Gibson had a successful recruiter for the 1st Vermont Regiment. With his enthusiasm for the cause and the trust of his fellow Vermonters, he had spearheaded the recruitment of 1,200 men to the Green Mountains National Guard contingent. In 1917, the 1st Vermont Infantry was in training at Fort Ethan Allen and awaiting mobilization instructions. More than 2,000 Vermonters were preparing to go over there to fight the Germans in Europe. Unfortunately, the 1st Vermont Regiment was not allowed to serve as a single unit. The U.S. War Department assigned 1,400 Vermont soldiers to the 26th Division and scattered them among four different outfits. This effectively dismantled the All-Vermont Regiment and left 700 soldiers behind to await further orders. Gibson wrote that the 1st Vermont Infantry had been wrecked by the short-sighted and entirely wrong policy of the War Department. Gibson remained at Fort Ethan Island with what was left of the Vermont Regiment. They continued to train until February 1918 when they were ordered to report to Camp Wadsworth in South Carolina. The U.S. Army took what was left of National Guard units in New England and New York and combined them with draftees from other states to form new infantry regiments. The U.S. Army collected volunteers and draftees as fast as possible and organized them into units that would be shipped to Europe. The Vermont group was assigned to the 57th Pioneer Infantry. The rest of the 57th came from Philadelphia, Chicago, and Tennessee. In September, the 57th received orders to report to New Jersey military camp to prepare for departure. Gibson wrote, we were assigned to sail on the giant Leviathan then moored at her pier in Hoboken, New Jersey.
1: Historian Catherine Arnold wrote, the USS Leviathan was the biggest ship in the world, and also one of the fastest tearing through the water at 22 knots and usually traveling without an escort. As it was believed, she was too fast for German U-boats unless directly in their path. On the night of September 27th, 1918, the men of the 57th began an hour's march from Camp Merritt, New Jersey, to where ferries waited to take them down the Hudson River to the Leviathan. But the night march took much longer. Soon after the journey began, the column halted. Men suffering from the symptoms of the flu were falling out of the ranks, unable to keep up while the most sensible course of action would have been to abandon the march and get back to quarters this was not an option the army and the schedules of the leviathan were inflexible they waited for no man healthy or sick after a break to allow the struggling men to catch up the march resumed the soldiers were followed by trucks and ambulances which picked up men as they fell and took them back to the camp hospital. The majority of the 57th made it to the Hudson River and then endured a cold wet 2-hour ferry trip downriver. The men climbed the gangplank and then boarded the Leviathan where they had their first sleep in 24 hours a period of hardship guaranteed to challenge any soldier's immune system and break down his resistance to flu and pneumonia. The ship's log recorded, many men and several nurses were obliged to leave the ship just before we cast off our lines. While the embarkation troops were lined up on the big pier, some of the men dropped helpless on the dock. Despite clear evidence that influenza was spreading through the troops, it was decided that the giant ship would set sail for France. There were around 10,000 soldiers on the ship, 2,000 crew members and 200 nurses.
0: On September 30th, the chief medical officer of the Leviathan wrote, Pools of blood from severe nasal hemorrhages of many patients were scattered throughout the compartments. The decks became wet and slippery, groans and cries of the terrified added to the confusion. The first death was recorded on October 2nd. By October 4th, the chief medical officer recorded seven deaths during the day. The sea was rough and the ship rolled heavily. Hundreds of men were thoroughly miserable, from seasickness and other hundreds who had been off the farm but a few weeks, were miserable from the terror of the strange surroundings and the ravages of the influenza epidemic. Ernest Gibson wrote, the ship was packed. Conditions were such that the influenza germs could breed and multiply with extraordinary swiftness. The U-boat menace made it necessary to keep every porthole closed at night, and the air below decks where men slept was hot and heavy. The number of sick increased rapidly. Washington, D.C. was appraised of the situation, but the call for men for the allied armies was so great that we must go on at any cost. Doctors and nurses were stricken. Every available doctor and nurse was utilized to the limit of endurance.
1: Crew members ordered to go below deck to clean the soldiers' cramped sleeping compartments refused. They were afraid to be exposed to the influenza infection if they ventured into the overcrowded quarters. Gibson estimated that there were 2,000 influenza cases on board during the voyage. Soldiers weakened by the flu then came down with pneumonia. Gibson went on to write, Cases of pneumonia were found dying in various parts of the ship and many died in the makeshift sick ward a few minutes after admission. 91 deaths were recorded on the ship. When the ship docked in France, 966 patients were removed from the ship and taken to army hospitals. Ernest Gibson estimated that approximately
0: 200 of the almost 700 Vermont troops in the 57th Pioneer Infantry died from influenza and pneumonia while on the Leviathan or while in a military hospital once the ship arrived in France. 57th Pioneer Regiment Private R.L. Kelly wrote about what happened to him after arriving in France. You asked if the Pioneers saw any actual combat service? No, the only types of duties were slopping around in mud like a bunch of frogs. The worst part of it all was I almost died from influenza and men in our outfit were dying like rabbits from the disease, especially while on the Leviathan going over there.
1: Colonel Ernest Gibson was devastated by the loss of so many Vermonters. He felt responsible as he had recruited and trained most of them. He ended with the statement about his experience in France. One of my last acts before leaving France was to visit the cemetery, pick out the graves of our Vermonters, pay honors to their sacrifice, and say a word of farewell to those men who sleep in the soil of our sister republic. Even though Ernest Gibson was critical of the U.S. Army during World War I, he would go on to represent Vermont in the U.S. House of Representatives and U.S. Senate from 1923 until his death in 1940. We'd like to thank Anna, Isabel, Charlie, Tristan, David, Ethan, Noah, Logan, and Seamus for reading this week in Brattleboro history. Have a good day.
0: Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.